Bright Metal Audio presents The Blood Miles by Andrew Moody, read by the author. Volume 1, Chapter 3 I was sitting on my back step, looking at the uncut grass when I heard the side gate creak, and the last person I wanted to see appeared in my driveway. You're an elusive fella, said the mayor. Marge said you wandered off on the job. You doing okay, son? I don't know what I am, mayor. The man gave a chuckle and nodded like he knew all about it. It can be a shock for a man when he rises up. One minute you're just Joe Average, the next you're town hero. Take some adjusted. But I imagine you'll be okay. Listen, son, I want you to consider something. What's that, mayor? I said. I want you to come and work for me direct. Not just as part of the militia, but on my staff. It'll be the same pay, but you'll be doing better work. And you'll be getting the training you need. I hauled myself out from the black hole of my thoughts. Training for what? Well, I'm not going to be around forever. And the folks trust you. You did good work with that gun yesterday. I looked at him. What? Was he talking about me becoming mayor? Mayor, there's something I need to tell you, I said. But he was on a roll. We live on a thin margin of civilization here, Walker, he said. If it's not the ferals, it's crop blight, or tox, or some young idiot going savage on us. People take it for granted. They think that just because we've made it this far, we'll keep going. Some of them want to get fancy notions about spreading out or stopping the drills. Some of them say we should go easy on affection, let the sisters hang around. But the truth is we've survived because we've had tough men at the top. Men who know how to keep their heads and take the tough decisions. Men who can do their duty under pressure. Men who know what it is to pay the price for keeping this town free from the tox, even if it means giving up the people they care about. Do you take my meaning? I felt that sick feeling again. You're saying that because of my mum, I said. I am, but that's not the whole of it. I've had my eye on you for a while and I like what I see. You're a fellow who knows how to get on with things. I know you're still only 18, but you do your duty and you've got an independent mind too. If only the man knew what thoughts had been going through my head. I'm afraid you've picked a bad day for this, Mayor, I said. I've been doing some hard thinking about all that. About what, son? About the tox? About the sistral? Yeah, and what have you been thinking? I'm going to go to Crux, that treatment station that the agent was talking about. Now, to be honest, I hadn't been thinking that at all. I'd simply been going over the agent's red card and feeling more convinced. But this crazy idea of me being mayor, of me sending other people to their deaths while I had this thing on my own neck, made me feel so disgusted that I just blurted it out. I felt as surprised as the look that appeared on the mayor's face. Except his surprise immediately turned to anger. Why the tox would you want to do that? He said. I want to see if the cure's real, I said. I want to see if we've been killing people for nothing. Well, fact me, she got to you, didn't she? I thought if I said it to Harry, she wouldn't be able to do anybody else any harm. But she got to you. What did she say? She gave me something to read that told me about some of the other signs. The cysts are the signs. She was messing with your head, trying to get you to dare yourself. That's what those agents do. Maybe. I want to find out anyway. If there's any chance she's right, then everyone should know about it. If there really is a cure, I'll come back and report. That the hell you will. Weren't you listening when I was talking to her boy? The treatment's for citizens. They won't just... She said it was free for citizens. I'll, I'll pay for mine somehow. The mayor shook his head and made that ticking noise with his teeth. 
Well, it looks like I got you all wrong, Walker. I thought you had a good head on your shoulders, but I might as well have been talking to that idiot friend of yours. Those people are our enemies. We're still officially at war with them. You think they're just going to let you waltz in and waltz out? I'm willing to take the risk for the sake of the town. For the sake of the town? You little plague brain. If you come back here preaching that stuff about everyone being infected, you'll unleash anarchy. I looked up at him and noticed the white spittle in the corners of his mouth. Suddenly wondered if his obsession with purifying the town might just actually be another symptom of the tox. How do you know that there aren't people hiding their cysts, I said. I mean, under their clothes or under their hair. For all we know, half the town could have it. Maybe. And when we find them, we'll give them the same choice we give all the rest. I opened my mouth to say something, but the man cut me off. You know, I think I've had enough of this conversation. I'm glad this came out when it did. Looks like you've saved me from a big mistake. Go if you want. Don't bother coming back. He turned and left, slamming the wire gate behind him, and I uncurled my fingers from the splintery floorboards that I'd been gripping to keep myself from doing something I would regret. I told my friends that night. I told them about the thing on my neck and what I'd learned from the agent and about my conversation with the mayor. Finally, I told them about deciding to go to Crux. We were sitting on the steps of the old war memorial above the cemetery. Don't know why you'd want to trust those guys, said Stick slowly, trying to read the red card in the moonlight. They threatened to wipe us out, and you want to go and let them inject you with stuff. I mean, I get why you don't want to work for the mayor, but why go to Central? I don't know what I've got to lose, I said. I mean, if I've got it, if these things assist, I'll be dead sooner or later anyway. Either the council will find out, or the thing will burst, or maybe I've got others like the card says. Still a big gamble, though. Looking at it, I'd reckon 50-50 that thing's assist. But if you go out there, it's like 90% chance you'll get eaten by savages or killed for your teeth or something. And even if you make it through to Central, I just want to go to Crux, that's where the treatment centre is. Okay, even if you make it through to Crux, what makes you think you can trust them not to slave you or something worse? Before I could answer, Flex, lying between us, finished trying to balance a bottle on his chin and raised his head. How fast, Crux? I don't know, I said. It's not on our map. She just said to go east and that she'd find me and take me there. And will it be all high-tech like Central? I don't know that either. I just know that there's a base there and that they say that's where you have to go if you want to get treated. I wouldn't mind seeing Central, said Flex. Do you remember that brochure we found behind the bookshelf at school and how it had that picture of Sanctuary City and the animals and trees everywhere? Yeah, I remember that, I said. And Mrs Bleeker found us looking at it and said she'd tell our parents and get us expelled if we didn't say who'd given it to us. And you told her to go ahead and she got all embarrassed, said Stick. Hey, maybe if we went to Central we could pick up some stuff and bring it back here and sell it, said Flex. Stick laughed. You guys are toxed in the head. If Central is as good as the propaganda says, why would they let the likes of you in there? They'd shoot you on sight. I looked out at the graves. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about Central, but I'm going to try for Crux. If you guys want to come too, that'd be good. No, thanks, brother, said Stick. I hope you make it, but I think you're crazy. Yeah, I'll come, said Flex. It took us a few days to get ourselves organised, and it wasn't pretty. As soon as people found out that I was going, the rumours started. I'd gone crazy with my success and gotten myself a messiah complex. The mayor had gone off me. I had the tox and was leaving town before anyone made me. Just as my reputation had shot up, it suddenly crashed. Some people tried to gently talk sense to me. Others tried to use guilt. 
who would fire the big gun if the savages came back. The council had an informal discussion about whether they would denounce my plans to defect. I heard later that one of them had even put up a motion that I should be imprisoned for my own good. But none of that happened. Three days later, Flex and I slipped out through the eastern barricade in the morning dark, carrying our backpacks, a rifle and a water skin between us. When the sun came up over the flats, the orange light shone on our faces and cast long shadows back the way we'd come. And for the first time since my conversation with the mayor, I felt a sort of lightness in my heart. It didn't last, though. Before long, the glow turned to glare, and the rising heat made the skin prickle inside my shirt. And Flex talked on and on. He talked about how he'd been thinking about travelling to Central for a long time now, and how it would be nice we could go together. He talked about all the stuff we might be able to bring back to Spillin. Medicine, food, weapons, clothes, and how we might go about persuading them to let us transport in one of their skyships. You know Central's hundreds of miles away, don't you, I said. Sure, but if Crux is run by Central, then maybe we can just get them to give us a lift. Isn't that what the agent said to you? No, she said if I went east, she'd find me and bring me to Crux. Okay, but she must have a radio or something. She could call down a ship. Maybe. I don't know, I said. But even Flex went quiet as the heat and miles wore on. Ten kilometres out from Spillen, we came to the spot where the flats went down toward the old riverbed. Most of it was dry, just a few muddy pools under the trees, but as we tried to cross, the cracked crust gave way under us, leaving us up to our knees in stinking mud that sucked and dragged on us as we tried to move forward. After half an hour, we were totally exhausted, and Flex had started muttering to himself. I couldn't make out what he was saying, but I caught the words, "'Stupid caper,' and got the impression I was being blamed for it. At some point he came and took the water skin off me, which made things lighter for me, but it didn't make him any quicker. He just kept getting slower and slower and dropping further and further behind. I tried to encourage him. Come on, Flex, keep it up, I called out. We must be halfway now. Go ahead, brother, he said. I just need a breather. I sighed and pushed on. Looking back, I guess I'd always felt a bit superior to Flex. I thought I was smarter than him too. I'd seen so many of his enthusiastic schemes come and go, the rabbit meat business that was going to make him rich, the armoured dune buggy that he'd started to build from abandoned cars. The year before, just after we'd finished school, he'd borrowed a whole lot of money from Stick and me to build a commercial whiskey still. But he'd abandoned that, like he abandoned all his projects, and never repaid our money. Stick and I put up with him, We laughed at him sometimes, but not behind his back. But as I went over his failures, my patience slowly evaporated. Flex was an idiot, I thought. He was going to give up soon, and if I didn't do something, he was likely to drink half the water while he was deciding to do it. I stopped and turned back to look at him. He was still in the same spot he'd been when I last called out to him, except now he was looking back to face the way we'd come. You doing all right? I called to him. He twisted round and shook his head. This is no good, brother. I'm going to lose a shoe if I keep going on like this. I turned and started walking back toward him. Well, what do you want to do? How about we look for a way round, I said. Nah, nah, it's okay. You think of going back? Flex shrugged. We've just got started, I said. I know. That's why, if it's like this now, what's it going to be like down the track? I can't do it. I shouldn't have come, sorry. All right, I said. Stay there and I'll come and get the water skin off you. 
It's okay, I can chuck it to you, said Flex. He swung it by its neck so that it flew in a tumbling arc, landing about five metres off to my left. But even as it was in the air, I could see that it was empty. I stopped in my tracks. Suddenly I could feel the sore at the back of my neck throbbing. Hey, Flex, what happened to all the water? I don't know, he said. Maybe he didn't put the cap on properly when we had that last drink. What are you talking about? You were the last one to drink. You've been carrying the thing for half an hour, I said. He shrugged. Maybe there's something wrong with the seal, and... He broke off as he saw the expression on my face. You idiot, I said. You can't even admit it. Why did I let you come? I ignored the water skin and started advancing toward him. Flex went wide-eyed and took a step back. Hey, Chris, what are you doing? What do you think? I said. He turned and bolted, and I ran after him. When I started coming at him, I was just wanting to scare him. But suddenly I realised I was only half acting. I wanted to knock him down and rub his face in the mud. Stop, Chris, he called over his shoulder. You're going savage! That's right, I shouted. He had a good lead on me, but I was stronger. Soon I was close enough to imagine my hands around his neck, pulling him down. I leapt but the mud slipped back beneath my feet, so I dropped short. I tried again, but the same thing happened, and I landed on my knees. And then something bad happened to me. It was like the frustration triggered it. As long as I thought I was in control, I knew I didn't really want to hurt him. But when I couldn't get to him, it was like my whole head got full of fire, and suddenly I knew I didn't just want to knock him down. I wanted to bite his neck and gouge his eyes and press him into the mud until he stopped moving. So I charged at him for the last time, and I really think I would have killed him if I'd caught him. I was all teeth and claws and rage, but even as I was preparing for that last jump, my boots snagged a tree root buried in the mud, and down I went, face first into the muck. He was halfway up the hill by the time I cleared it from my eyes. There was no chance of catching him now, and I didn't even want to. The red fire had gone from my head, and I just felt sick and horrified at myself. I lay there in the mud, remembering Stick's words from that night in the cemetery. If Central is as good as the propaganda says, why would they let the likes of you in there? But it was too late to turn back now. Flex might not tell anyone but Stick about what had happened, but he might tell everyone. If he really thought that I'd gone savage, then he might not even think that it was being disloyal. We thought of savages like they weren't human, like they were just the shells of people that they'd been. So there was no going back to Spillin'. I'd simply be sent away or shot from the walls. And yet, I thought, there was still a ray of hope. If I could just get to Crux, and if the treatment was real, I could still come back as proof that it worked. In that case, Flex's story would make my appearance even more dramatic. The mayor would be forced to admit there was a cure. The sister rule would fall. But how far could I get now that the water was gone? I got up and made my way to where Flex had tossed the skin. There was barely a mouthful in it. Even as I tilted my head back, however, I noticed something on the horizon. A glint of something silver, just visible above the curve of the river valley. When I shielded my eyes and concentrated, I could see other traces of it. A line that ran right along the ridge. Could it be the pipeline that the agent had said supplied all the towns of the AZ? The pipe that went all the way back to Central? I slogged back through the mud and made my way up to the top of the slope. It was a pipe a fat zinc-silver snake slithering through the landscape. It was made of bolted segments supported by concrete pylons, and every segment had a logo of waves and the word Natura stenciled on its side. 
There was even a small tap on one of the pylons. Soon, I was clean, refreshed, and holding a full water skin. Better still, the pipe ran toward the east. Not dead east, but near enough to give me hope that it might take me where I needed to go. As I set off along the line, I took a last look down at the river flat and the shimmering haze of the land beyond. What a stroke of good fortune it was to have found a way around that. Now I had water, a path to follow, and shade for my head. Later that afternoon, I even came across some berry bushes and was able to fill my stomach with the sour fruit. When the sun went down, I stretched out on the sand and was kept warm by the heat radiating off the metal. But the next day, I was captured. <laughs>